Bible Church, and I want to welcome you to join us in the Word of God today. And today we've got something very special for you. I want to introduce you to Peter Hockley. He's a member of the Oxford Bible Church, and he's got an exciting testimony about how God changed his life. I really want you to listen to this because this is one of the, the, the most interesting stories that I've heard. Thank you, Pastor Derek. Well, I was raised here in Oxford, and growing up, I never went to church. I was uh, an only child of a single mother, and we didn't have much money growing up, but I was pretty content with what I had. And as I got older, I thought that my life was my own. I could do whatever I wanted, and it was my choice. And I didn't believe in any such thing as a God. I thought that people who believed in God were weak people. I thought that Christians were people who needed an imaginary friend called God as a crutch to help them get through every day but I thought that my life was my own and and I could do whatever I pleased and when everything was finished and I died I thought that's just like going to sleep forever and ever and certainly no life after death I didn't believe any of that stuff but all of that changed when I got to the age of 15 or 16 when I had a dream which for the very first time opened my eyes to the bigger picture I dreamed that I was standing outside my house with all my family and friends. Everyone I loved was there. I don't remember any specific occasion, but I remember that I was happy to see all of my loved ones there. And as we were just having a great time outside the house, I noticed that there were storm clouds gathering over our heads. And no one else in the crowd could see them. I was the only one aware of them. And a, a sense of foreboding came over me as if something terrible was about to happen and as I became aware of that feeling suddenly a bolt of lightning came down from the sky and struck me square on the head even though this was a dream I could feel the power of that electricity as it went through me it lifted my body off the ground carried me back several feet and I landed on the road with a crash I was paralyzed I couldn't move I couldn't even blink my eyes and everyone came running over to me and they were looking down at me and I was looking up at them trying to speak but I couldn't get my vocal cords to work and they were weeping and they were wailing and they were saying he's dead he's dead and I thought well I I can't be dead because when you die that's like going to sleep forever and ever I'm aware of these people I'm conscious so I can't be dead and yet they they continue to weep and wail saying he's dead and then suddenly everything around me disappeared all the people vanished the house, the trees, the cars, the sky itself vanished and I found myself in a place of fire surrounded by dark red hot flames that were coming at me like waves licking and lashing at me. I knew that I was dead. I knew that I was in hell. I felt like a grain of sand in an ocean of fire. And I knew that I couldn't blame anyone else for my being there. I couldn't blame God. I couldn't blame my loved ones or anyone else. I knew that it was my fault that I was in this place and I knew that I would never get out. I was in a place of pain and torment and I would be there forever and it was all my fault. And when I woke up from that dream I still had the, the roaring sound of that thunderous fire in my ears and for the very first time in my life 
I began to ask that question, is there something more out there? Is there something more beyond this life? I certainly didn't suddenly believe in God. I didn't go running to church. But I started to ask that question, is there more to life than this? I wasn't convinced that God existed. But I thought to myself, what if I'm wrong and God is real? What does that mean for my life? What if one day I die thinking that I'm going to sleep forever, but I open my eyes on the other side, as it were? What would that mean if there really is a God writing a report on my life? What does that mean for me? But as I got older, I moved away from such thoughts and I became absorbed into the youth culture that is so strong in this country. As I got into my late teens and early twenties, I would be hanging out in the bars and clubs and pubs every weekend. I would work all week only to pay for wild nights of drinking and I thought it was great. I called it the, the great life, the high life. It was a lot of fun for me. And then at the age of 21, something happened. I met a woman who came to work in the place where I was working. Her name was Debbie and she was the very first Christian that I had ever met. I mean, she was not someone who went to church once when they were five years old and said, oh, I'm a Christian because of that. She was a real Christian who prayed and read her Bible and went to church, and I had never met anyone like her. She was absolutely unique. For example, I used to swear with every other word that came out of my mouth. It was a swear word, but Debbie was soft-spoken and polite. She was unlike anything I had ever seen in my life. She never came out with us when we went to drinking places and clubs, and she never done any of those things. She preferred to stay home and pray, and I, I thought she was an oddity, but I was strangely drawn to her. There was something about Debbie's character that appealed to me. She seemed to have a peace in her heart that was missing from my own, and she talked to me sometimes about her Christian faith, but I was still of the opinion that, that Jesus was, was weak and and feeble and, and surely he was someone who lived so long ago and so far away what could he possibly what meaning could he possibly have in my life but slowly 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 I began to think about what it was that Debbie was telling me I remember that suddenly I stopped enjoying those times in the nightclubs all my friends would continue to love it but I would find myself each weekend, each Friday night and Saturday night going to these bars and clubs and I wouldn't have any fun. It just happened like that. I would have no fun when I went to these places and I didn't understand the reason why. I would go into work the next day with a hangover and I'd sit down with Debbie. We were becoming very good friends by that point and I'd say, Deb, I just don't understand why it is I'm not having a good time. And she would say, well, Pete, I don't do those kinds of things. I'm a Christian. I don't know about that lifestyle. I can't help you. And little did I know that every night that I was getting ready to go to these bars and nightclubs, Debbie was getting on her knees and praying for me. And she was asking the Lord Jesus Christ, please show him, show Pete that that lifestyle is empty, that that lifestyle has nothing good in it. And it worked. Within time, by the end of 2001, going into 2002, I really was so disinterested with that lifestyle that I came close to just giving it up. But at the same time, I was thinking now more and more about that great question in life. Why am I here? What was my purpose on this earth? And as I thought more about it, 
And as I sat and talked with Debbie more and more, she would tell me about her faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But I was almost too embarrassed to, to really come across as though I was paying attention to her. I would just dismiss it and, and say, well, you know, that's good for you, but I don't really need that in my life. But by the end of 2002, I was really reaching a point in my life where I needed to find some answers. And I sat in my front garden by myself and looked up at the sky and said, God, if you're not there, then I'm just talking to myself. But if you are there, please, can you show yourself to me? Can you help me? Can you come into my life and show me the right way to go? Now, for all of Debbie's help that she was giving me and the, trying her best to answer the questions that I had, I still, in my stubborn pride, wanted to find the answers by myself. So I thought, what I need to do is find a good book. Surely someone out there has the answers. Surely someone out there has found some sort of peace in their life. They found some sort of spiritual uh, fulfillment in their life. Surely they've written a book about it and it will help me. So I remember it was Friday, the 6th of December, 2002, and I went to a, a, a late-night bookstore. It was open all night, and I went to look for a book that could help me. When I first looked on the bookshelves in the religious section, I didn't think I would find anything. There were books on church history. There were biographies of religious figures. But it didn't seem like there was anything that could help me. And then suddenly I noticed one book that just seemed to leap out at me from the display shelf. And I went over and I picked it up and I felt drawn to it like metal drawn to a magnet. And as I read what was on the back of that book, I was amazed. This book was written by a man who claimed that he could speak to God. He said that he could write down anything on a piece of paper, any kind of question, any kind of statement. He could write it down and he said that God would inspire him supernaturally and give him the answers to his questions. And then by almost possessing this man and taking control of his arm, he said God would write down the response to his question. I thought, well, surely this is a, a, a crazy man. But then when I opened up the book and read some of these conversations that this man had with what he claimed to be God, I was amazed because the book was filled with logic and philosophy and theology that was so complicated, yet I could understand it. Paradoxes to do with space and time and the meaning of life and death, and it all made perfect sense. I thought maybe, just maybe, this man has some answers. So I bought that book and I took it home and I began to read straight away. And by about two o'clock in the morning, I had read my way through most of that book. In fact, when I had read some of those chapters in the book, instead of going to the next chapter, I would go back and reread the chapter I had just read. So incredible were the contents of this book. This man claimed that he could speak to God, and he claimed that the things God had told him were life-transforming. This man said that God had told him, human beings can do whatever they want. We are free to live however we choose to live. There are no punishments or consequences to our actions beyond the grave. He said that I can do whatever I want in my life, make any kind of decision, go out and get drunk, go out and chase women, live as wild and crazy a life as I want. I'm free to do it as long as it's what I choose to do. I thought that's my kind of God. Absolutely, that's my kind of God. But how could I be sure? 
How could I really know that this man was telling the truth? How could I know that he wasn't some kind of fraudster? I mean, it seemed almost too good to be true. But there was still something in me that cried out for answers to my questions. What is Pete's reason and purpose for being here on the earth? Does this man have the answers and how can I know for sure? I thought there's only one way I can find out if this man has got the truth that I'm looking for. I need to do what he's been doing. I need to try it myself. So I found a, a notebook and a biro pen and I decided I was going to write my own letter to God in the same way that this man had. And I started to write a message on that paper. I didn't really know what to write. What do you write when you speak to God? I wrote, Dear God, if you're there, please speak to me in the way that you spoke to that man. And then I sat and I waited and I waited and waited and nothing seemed to happen. And I got frustrated and I wrote more and more. Please, God, if you're there, speak to me. I'm desperate for answers. Please speak to me like you spoke to that man in the book. And nothing happened. And I began to get angry. The lateness of the hour, the frustration at the situation caused me to lose my temper. And I wrote down a very angry message. God, why don't you speak to me? If you're there, why don't you speak? If you love me, how you, people say that you're love. So if you love me, why don't you speak to me? Why won't you communicate with me? Why are you leaving me in darkness? And look at this world. It's suffering and it's pain. If you're really there, why don't you come now? And I was getting ready to just switch off the light and go to sleep. But as I did so, something happened. A force took hold of me. There was a force that gripped me. I, I can only describe it like a, something in, in me that was pulling towards that paper. And I picked up that biro pen. And the pen touched down on that page and it began to move all by itself spiraling letters began to appear. I was so afraid and astonished and amazed what was happening. This was supernatural. And I looked down and written on that page was a, was a message to me. It is of no consequence what you think of me. I was afraid. What had just happened? Was this supernatural? But I wrote more. God, if that was you, please reveal yourself to me. And again, it happened. The pen would just move. I was holding it in my hand, but as it touched down on the page, it would just go. I had no idea what was going to appear on the paper. No idea at all until it appeared. But the ink flowed and the letters appeared. And I looked down and it said, I care about you immensely, for you are my child and I love you. And I thought, this is it. This is the answer. This is what I've been looking for. This is the thing that I've been seeking for. I found God. It was amazing. I thought this kind of thing only happens in movies. And yet it's here, happening in my own room. And for the next three days, I would write these messages. And for everything I wrote down, I received a response. Every question that I put down on paper, this feeling would overwhelm me. This feeling of a, of a spiritual presence would come upon me, drawing me to that page and writing a response. Some of the responses brought me to tears. Messages of hope about loved ones who had passed on, telling me that they were alive on the earth, reincarnated in brand new bodies, living peaceably on the earth. I thought, 
This is just absolutely amazing. But who could I tell? I thought there's only one person I can tell, and that's Debbie. So on the following Monday, when I went to work, I ran crazily to Debbie and said, Debbie, I need to tell you something. I've been speaking to God. And when I explained to her the situation and everything that had happened, Debbie looked at me and shook her head and said, Well, I believe what's happening to you is happening, but I don't believe that it's God. I said, Well, he told me it's God. I know it's God. He said he loves me. He's got wonderful things in my life that I, I can just do whatever I want, and, and there's no punishment for it. She said, that's not the God that I know. She said, there are consequences to our actions. The God that I know doesn't communicate to people in that way. She said, I really don't think that it's God you're speaking to. I said, well, who is it then? And I remember the look on her face when she said, the devil. I said, there's no such thing as the devil. Come on now. I can believe that there may be a God out there, but a devil, a short red guy with horns and a pitchfork, come on. But she said, no, the devil is an evil spirit who hates mankind and wants to see mankind live apart and separate from God and eventually go into eternal hell. She said, there's only one way you can know who this is you're speaking to. The next time you write to it, ask it in the name of Jesus Christ to tell you who it is. She said, the Bible says the name of Jesus Christ is the most powerful name. And if you ask this spirit that you're speaking to, who it is in Jesus' name, it must tell you. Well, I thought, I'm speaking to God, but I'll do it anyway. Because when I write on the paper, tell me who you are in Jesus' name, I know the spirit will tell me it's God, and I can throw that in Debbie's face and prove that I was right. So Debbie left, and I wrote on a piece of paper, in the name of Jesus Christ, tell me who you are. And that feeling came over me. And the pen that I was holding touched down and began to move. And what appeared before me on the page were the words, You should have trusted me. You should have trusted me. And when I got home that night, I felt this compulsion to write. This compulsion to communicate with this spirit. And as I did so, very angry things came upon the page. I was writing so fast and my whole life history was pouring out of the pen. This spirit was angry with me now, and as, it, as its anger poured out on that page, condemning me for the mistakes I'd made in my life, suddenly I began to realize, this is not God that I'm communicating with. I have led a spirit into my life, into my very body, and I don't think it's God. And then suddenly on the page, the words appeared, yes, you fool. I am the devil. And I was so afraid, I thought that I was going to die. Right then, I thought, I'm going to die. And anger poured out of that pen onto the page. I hate you. I tricked you because you're dumb. You're stupid. I hate you. I'm going to kill you. What could I possibly do? I grabbed my phone. I thought, I need to call Debbie. I need to call her. But a, a voice sounded around my ears saying, if you call her, I'll kill you right now. I thought I'm going to die. The devil is real. He's an evil spirit and has come into my life to kill me. I'm going to die. I'm without hope. But thank the Lord, I was able to make it that night to Debbie's house. And when I got there, with the voice of evil speaking into my mind, telling me that it hated me, that it was going to kill me, 
that God did not love me, that I was the possession of the devil and of evil, that I was damned to hell itself. I made it to Debbie's house that night and sat down with her and she comforted me. We sat in the living room and I remember that there was a Christian program on television, much the same as this. And as we sat and watched that Christian program in silence, all the fear, all the torment of this voice of evil just began to disappear and leave me and it faded away and suddenly I felt this peace in the room it was like a peace all around us that came and rested upon me and finally after almost two hours of silently watching these Christian television programs there was just Deborah and her mother sat there in the room with me and Debbie's mother turned and looked at me she was a very strong Christian woman and she said Pete would you like to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? He died on the cross 2,000 years ago to release you from the devil and his lies, to set you free from a life of, of waste and, and, and wild living. He came to set you free from that, to give you hope and purpose and a goal, most of all to give you a place with him in heaven forever. Would you like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? After everything that had happened, I wasn't about to wait. I said, yes, indeed, let's pray. So we prayed a prayer together, and I made Jesus the Lord of my life. I asked the Lord Jesus to come into my life. I knew because I had used the name of Jesus in that letter, it was only that that had set me free. Debbie was right. She said the name of Jesus is the most powerful name, and at the usage of that name, that name Jesus set me free. Friend, I'd like to pray with you today. I'd like to show you and introduce you to this Jesus Christ. He's not someone who just lived a long time ago, a long way away, and has now vanished forever. Jesus is alive today. The same Jesus who saved me from the devil. The same Jesus who saved me from the occult and a place of darkness and despair. The same Jesus who has given me hope and a future. The same Jesus who has given me a place with him in heaven forever and a life here on earth of peace and joy. That same Jesus can be your Lord and Savior today. No matter what situation you're in, friend, please pray with me now and just say this from your heart. Dear Lord Jesus, please come into my life. I ask you to forgive my mistakes and the wrong turns I've made in my life. Please come into my heart today and give me a brand new life and a brand new start with you. I ask you to come as my Lord and Savior and make me a brand new person today. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And friend, if you prayed that prayer right now, if you said that from your heart to God, let me assure you, you are a new person. You are a brand new creation. The Bible says you are a born again believer. You are a child of God. Please contact us at Oxford Bible Church and let us know of your decision. Thank you and God bless you.